We're live. Okay, welcome everybody to the Endpoint Podcast. Today I've got Adam and Pete. You guys want to introduce yourselves quickly? Hi, I'm, I'm Peter. I'm one of the owners of Endpoint. I'm the CEO with Adam here. Hi, and I'm Adam. I'm the CEO, as Peter just said. Um, yeah, we've kind of been running the team together for the past, well, two years together, I guess. Two years and a half or so. And um, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. Well, and I'm Queen. I just, I'm a journalism writer for the team. Um, so today we're just going to be talking about like how the upstart of Endpoint, like uh, where it came from. Um, so like, where did you guys get the idea to start an esports team? Uh, so, I mean, I've been involved in esports for years and years. Like, um, my first game I played competitive was like Army or Tournament, um, way back in like 2000, 2001. Um, and I recently ran a team called Infused, which some people may know. Um, we had a lot of success in kind of like the mid to late nineties. Um, like we had a team representatives at the World Cyber Games in Seattle, um, for Gears of War and things like that. Um, and then it got to like, kind of like the end of the nineties and it was like global economic depression and marketing budgets were the first thing to go out the window. And so. Uh, plus I was under pressure like I just graduated from uni and I was under pressure for my family to get a real job um, and so kind of at that point I saw my shares and infused to um, uh, the guy who was working on it with me at the time and then kind of took a step back from the scene and then I guess it got to 2004 or 5 I realized that I was still watching uh, esports I was still watching a lot of esports um, and I kind of felt that like in the UK, the scene hadn't really changed that much. It hadn't really matured as much as you would hope. Whereas globally, esports was booming, and we were seeing like the rise of Counter Strike. Uh, we were seeing majors get phenomenal uh, viewership numbers and, and record attendance, um, especially and, in Europe as well. Yeah, exactly. And then when Dignitas was sold out to um, the Philadelphia 76ers, um, I kind of thought, hang on a minute, right? There's a big gap in the market now because Dignitas were like one of the only kind of um, core British esports organizations that were doing things right. And they've gone. Um, Fnatic, I've, I mean, I know they're headquartered in the UK and, and whatever, but I've never really classed them as a UK team. Uh, I mean, Sam, the owner's Australian, and I, I, I can't remember the last time they had a UK, like a British representation in terms of a team. It's been mostly so, Swedish for their Counter Strike team, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I kind of thought, well, do you know what? Like, I could probably give this another shot, um, learn on, you know, kind of improve on lessons learned from running Infused. Um, I was in a position where, thankfully, financially and, and time, I was, you know, I could be a lot more flexible and, and help get this off the off the ground. And so, yeah, in, in 2000, middle of 2006, uh, I started Endpoint. Um, I initially started, sorry? Yeah, 2016, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, <clears throat> Initially, I started it with the guys that I had been involved with at Infuse before I, I saw my shares, a guy called Nick Carpenter uh, and uh, Tim Jolly, who is still involved with Endpoint now. Um, but it got to a point where because maybe my time flexibility and financial flexibility was greater than theirs, it, it just kind of became a bit, well, I'm going to try and run with this a bit faster than maybe um, you know Nick could keep up with at the time. And then I met Pete at Copenhagen Games, of all places. Um, we kind of sat together over a pint or 20 and kind of uh, 
were talking about, you know, how we both really want to do something within esports in the UK and events like Copenhagen Games and, and what have you. And we kind of figured, well, he wasn't happy where he was at that time in Imperial and I certainly needed more help. And so we decided to join forces. And Yeah, uh, at the time I was actually with uh, London Conspiracy. Um, we had um, a female team that was at Copenhagen Games. Uh, we came second in that one, which was good. But yeah, it was a case of I get on really well with the London Conspiracy guys that were help running. I was running it with. Um, it was just a case of um, it, I, I wanted to put so much more time into it, and uh, even yeah. finances as well. It was a mixture of two, kind of. Um, so we kind of mutually parted ways, and I met Adam. Uh, Adam said in Copenhagen, I think three years ago, maybe four, three years ago, um, and we both have the exact same, you know, philosophy and. We both wanted to put the same amount of time into it. We both had uh, part-time jobs, so I play poker for a living. Adam's a software developer. Um, so we could both put as much time as we wanted into it. It wasn't a case of one day, right, oh, we've got a really important meeting. I can't get the time off work. It's not that. It's, uh, it's We're both self-employed. We can both do um, what we want with it. And, and that seemed the perfect setup. We both had the finances to um, fulfill our passion as well um, and make it try and make it a full-time thing, which this year we've succeeded in. Um, you started with Counter Strike, right? Yeah, so Counter Strike has always been kind of our passion, I guess. I mean, I was well for me mainly. I was um, I used to play at a decent level in Counter Strike Source, and it's always been my favorite game. So I still play it for fun now. Um, and I've always wanted, and I always will want to have a top Counter Strike team. Um, I think it's just it's just a yeah, it's a passion. You got to love it. You got to we watch it. We watch our me and Adam always watch our teams play, and we I wouldn't want to do that in a game I don't like. Um, the same as Rocket League. We've got Rocket League now. I. I haven't played much of Rocket League. I played bits of it, um, but when we were in G Finti Elite series with it, it was such a fun game to watch. Um, I that... think it's one of the most funny sports as a spectator of sports. It's so fun to watch. Exactly, and like as a noob to the game, you can you can watch it and understand what's going on, which is great. It's easy, yeah. It's easy to understand. Like Counter Strike can be a bit complicated for somebody who's not attuned to the game. But yeah, yeah, Rocket League is as easy as there's a ball and two goals. So why why did you call the organization Endpoint? Where did that come from? So Endpoint is is a, is a bit of a nod to the fact that, you know, I, I am a software developer and I, I mainly focus on developing apps and, and websites and things like that. Um, Endpoint is a technical term um, for, like, I guess it's it's where you kind of receive data or push data to or whatever. And it's, I don't know, it was just when we were kind of spitballing name ideas um, with the guys that, like I say, was previously involved with it in Fuse. I mean, we went through all sorts of names. It's one of the hardest things to do. I hate coming up with names for things. Yeah. Um, and so one day I was just kind of looking through and I, I said Endpoint and we were like, oh, and, and, and I mean, they didn't, I don't think they kind of got the technical connotation of it, but they were like, oh yeah, I, I quite like that as a, as a name. And so we kind of just ran with it and then, you know, started making a brand around it. Um, we had a guy called Sammy, who's again, still works with us now. Um, he helped put the kind of initial logo concept together and everything like that. And we went, you know what, guys? I think I think we've got this. Like, we'll we'll stick with um, we'll stick with Endpoint. And um, yeah, it was it was it's just kind of from there. Really, there was that's that's as much as it is. I mean, we recently obviously underwent a rebrand, and and the reasons for the rebrand were um, a we wanted to have a a monocolor label. Like, we didn't want to kind of um, it's a lot easier to use a single color logo in a number of different places. Um, secondly, we kind of wanted to move away from the whole crosshair uh, implications that the logo had, because obviously we were looking to 
uh, moving into uh, Rocket League and other things um, at the time and we didn't just want to be associated as like an FPS team. Um, and so, but really, we never really considered changing the name Endpoint. Um, it's kind of who we are now, um, even though it doesn't really mean that much to people. But, um, you know, it, it's what is a name? I mean, look, at again, I go back to Dignitas. Right. If you Google Dignitas, your first hit ain't going to be an esports team. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, exactly. It's, it's not it's <laughs> an unfortunate name, but fair play to them. They've stuck with it and they will forever be known as Dignitas, um, hopefully. So you had no other sort of concepts for names? Um, none that stick out, in all honesty. Um, yeah, it's one of the hardest things, honestly. Um, like, coming up with a name to start a business is probably the hardest thing you'll do. Um, it's. Yeah. I mean, I remember when um, I started up Imperial with um, a friend as well before. As well, that was the first uh, esports organization I worked with. And um, we were spitballing ideas for names for weeks and we couldn't get on we were happy with. It's just, it's just such an impossible thing. Um, and we ended up going with a name which was a, a name we, that was used 15 years ago uh, with the same bit of person I was working with. So it's not, oh, right. it's not an easy thing to do. And sometimes it's just that thing that it might not sound right at first, but the more you say something, the more everyone sees it, the more you actually just come to know the name and feel like it's a good name. Um, I think that's the thing. Like a lot of people will pick names because of like the fact that they're a known phrase or something like that. Like, Oh, our team's called the bomb. Like everyone knows the bomb and it's got some certain connotation, but the, in actual reality trying to get that name to stick in people's minds is actually a lot harder because if you say the bomb to somebody they won't their first thought won't be an esports team it'll be you know an actual object or it'll be a, a, something else so having a having a name that actually isn't maybe that well known and is a bit random i mean you look at most of the major tech companies google spotify you know like people like that they their namings don't really mean anything but you will forever know who they are um and and yeah i guess endpoint just kind of stuck and we were like yeah sure why not that's fine with it okay so you know it's been a hard journey have you ever wanted to just give up on esports <laughs> yeah I how many times <laughs> uh all right say no yeah. more that laugh was enough um yeah i mean we we have like we i mean me and pete there's there's no denying it that me and pete have kind of sunk a lot of time and money into this um over the past few years and there has been times where you know, we, we've seen the amount that we've got to chip in for that month to kind of, you know, meet bills. And I mean, yeah, we, we've come very it's, close. I mean, it's something we never do at Endpoint is we never, um, we'll never promise something we can't, uh, you know, succeed or, or deliver on. Um, I think a lot of organizations do that wrong. A lot of organizations will promise you the world and think, oh, crap, oh, nice. In, in a, I'm picking up this team in a month or two time, I'll have a sponsor which covers it. Great. The reality is you won't. Um, and... You have to make sure you budget properly and i think there's been times where we've gone like in it's probably like a year and a bit ago now i remember me and i'm talking in november december time thinking look at these costs i mean come january february march can we even afford it anymore um like this is us looking like four four five months in advance it's not just looking you know next week because we would have budgeted for that it's fine but if, if you're looking four five months in advance we've thought to each other you know this is getting stupid um you, know, you might lose a sponsor and how, how can you afford it anymore um so we've definitely been close to wanting to get to give up i guess and some, somehow we haven't i guess somehow we've just kept finding finding a way to keep pushing on i guess but um sponsors yeah. are integral to keeping an organization like this active for sure yeah i mean yeah. and 
I, I still don't think we're in a place where we have enough sponsors or anything, and we're, this is something we're very much looking to grow on, um, as I'm sure pretty much any organisation is. Uh, yeah. I think in a, in a business plan, you almost, for, for esports, your outgoings have to be probably 50% covered at least by sponsorships, um, which is hard to do. Um, yeah. All right, so you're picking up new teams uh, all the time. What's the most important thing for you in choosing a new team? Um, I've always been under one of, like, one of the things that we've tried to do at Endpoint is, like, if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability um, and be represented well. Um, you know, we, we've never really been interested in terms of limping into a game just to be part of that game. So, for example, with uh i mean i'll use rainbow six siege um as, as an example there's been we've had a lot of teams apply to be rainbow six siege teams um but there are a lot of uk teams in siege that are doing really well you know you look at m&m and you look at um other teams around them and it's kind of well we don't just kind of want to barge in and spend a load of money on a you know on a game like that to try and Just be at the top there. of the scene yeah i mean yeah. Um, nor would we want to kind of limp in and you know kind of be in the bottom half of a prem table for example like we always want to be at the top of uk domestic competition um and that's really why with the rainbow six siege example we decided to pick up a female team because it keeps us involved with the siege community um but it also does something else that we're really um, passionate about and that's kind of being more inclusive as an organization and pushing and pushing female representation in games um and you know and the girls have been a great bunch coming on board they did really well in the ccsw um league last season and, and we hope that you know there'll be more competitions for them to take part in um and so with any game that comes up really it's about you know can we establish ourselves as the best team in the uk in that game and can we afford to um, you know, can we, is, is, is this a game that's going to bring us the accolades that we want? Uh, is it going to bring us the exposure that we want? Um, and is it going to do it for a, a good cost? And, I, and I, think, um, I think the other point is, you know, the people that are involved in that team, are they professional enough? Are they, um, and do they represent themselves well enough that they can, because they, they, at the end of the day, they're the face of your brand is, is your teams. So the face of your brand has to represent themselves well. Um, a good example would be, so we get, you know, hundreds of emails a, a month, a week, whatever, of, of teams trying to say, I'll oh, pick us up, whatever. Um, and a good example is if someone sends a nice deck to you with, you know, nice laid out what their stats are, who, what their Twitters are, what their socials are, what their achievements are, what their, you know, nice deck which looks pretty, you know. Um, someone does that, you instantly think, okay, they're going to represent you well. Um, if someone just sends an email saying, are you interested in Rainbow Six? Well, we're not going to get a response. Um, and, and like even the issue also is if people send you emails it doesn't really quite work like that the um, I would say with the teams we've got now for example our Counter-Strike team our Rocket League team um, our Battalion team um, even our Quake player not one of those people emailed us we went to them and that's the, that's the issue a lot of people don't understand is that yes it's good to email people and get your name out there um, but generally if we're looking to get into a game um, we'll have our business plan, which games we want to get into. Yeah, We are going to scout the talent ourselves and go and find that team and contact them. I think the Rainbow Six girls did actually contact us, which is great. And occasionally it does work in that sense. Um, but otherwise, generally, I reckon 80-90% of the time we'll pick up a team because we've scouted them um, and not the other way around. So a lot of people don't understand that, and I guess and that's um, 
that can be an issue. But I mean, I mean, another thing is obviously we get a lot of people, sing, even singular people, going right. I would like to be a part of your Rainbow Six roster, or I would like to join you, uh, join your Counter Strike team, or can you build an academy around me or whatever? Again, we're going to pick up a team that's established. We don't want to pick up five random people and put them together. We've tried that before. Be honest, we've tried that before a few times, and it doesn't work. Um, picking up a team that's already put the hard work in, or putting the hard work in, um, will will go a long. It goes a long way in terms of us thinking it's going to be stable for the future. Um, like sometimes you can't just pick. It. Sometimes you need to replace one player, or you need to get two, you know, Counter Strike players. Of course, like what's the yeah. most important thing in in looking for someone like that? I'll, again, I'll be completely honest. Let's say we need a fifth in our Counter Strike team. Um, sure. They know everyone in the scene. It's not going to be someone coming to us. Um, they're professional players. They know the whole professional scene. They're going to scout the players themselves. We scout a little bit, and we'll say we say this person's available. This person's available. Um, and we we might talk to them before just to see budgetary wise if it's even available for us. Um, but generally, the players will come to us with names of people they like to play with, or or they 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 think look good on you know in professional matches, or they've heard good things about. Um, there are so many people in the scene which they, we we've heard bad things about. So we sometimes the players will come to us with a list of players saying, "Can you look into these players or something?" Um, and we might go, "This person no, this person no," because we don't want to work with them. This person sure we'll look into it. This person will look into it. You know. And that's again, people don't realize, you know, what social media does, for example. Um, where there's, a, there's a list of people in my head that I won't work with because of horrible stuff I've seen them um, say, say that is either racist or, um, you know, just bullying so, or whatever. So that, that so that, synergy that, is important. Yes, definitely. I mean, yeah. and as I said, so generally for people getting picked up, just get yourself known in the scene because if you get yourself known in the scene, you get good reputation. And you start growing yourself, you'll you'll get recognised by the people, but in the teams and the owners as well. Um, but it's it's important for you to not screw your career up early <laughs> as well. Well, there you go. It's who you know. Um, so, what what would you say defines endpoint, especially for twenty twenty? Like, are there any goals that you're attempting to hit in this year, especially with the new rebrand underway as well? Um, there's a number of things that we're working on. You know, there's a lot in the pipeline for twenty twenty. Um, you know, we've been at I, I guess in the run up to 2020, me and Pete were both very excited about a number of things that we were announcing. Um, you know, we were kind of counting down the days of the new year. Uh, we had the the rebrand, obviously first and foremost. We had a major partnership with CEX announced. Um, we had the Rocket League team that we picked up, um, and so really 2020, we're focusing on building on that. Um, we're really happy with the teams and the people that we've got around us now. Um, we obviously hired a full-time uh, social media manager recently as well. Um, and so it's it's really from a from a business development point of view, it's about build continuing to build an infrastructure around what we have already. You know, we want to um, make it so that we can support the teams that we have, give them the facilities that they need to practice, um, give them the right uh, support staff around them to really kind of nurture their game and, and, and keep them rolling forward. Um, we have a, things in the pipeline that I perhaps won't go into too much detail about here. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be a real exciting year for us. And um, we hope to be able to, you know, reveal the plans in more detail. Later. I think I think one thing we can say, and you can take of this what you will, um, Endpoint has always been about infrastructure. And it's always been about um, a player looking up to Endpoint and thinking, I can achieve my best there. Um, and that's what our plans are after 2020 is, is building infrastructure around Endpoint, uh, be it staff or, or more. Um, and yeah, as Adam said, we've got a good team going now. I think it's important that 
even we, we give the players the best opportunity to succeed, but if they don't succeed, the endpoint still succeeds, and that's the that's the tricky part. Um, and you do that through good content. You do that through um, a number of business decisions. But yeah, that's that's um, that's the main goals of twenty twenty. And also just winning in general. Yeah, but that's that's some stuff. Some that's out your out your out your hands is. Um, yeah, sure, of course. So earlier you mentioned that the UK sports scene was quite immature. Um, why why do you think it's taking longer to develop than other regions? I, I've I've asked this question myself a number of times um because uh, generally speaking you know the uk there's, there's no denying it like we are behind in certain um ways certainly from like scandinavian countries and north america and things like that and for me i think there's a there's probably a few reasons uh one of them i think is probably cultural um as a as a nation we're a very kind of traditional sports focus we're a footballing nation and um i think that we've been kind of slow to be a bit more inclusive. I mean, some will argue that lately we've actually taken a backward step, but you know, it's the case of, I, I think we're perhaps a bit slow behind the curve, I think in accepting esports for what it is. I think, you know, the majority of UK public, if you, if you spoke to them about esports, they'd just assume it's a bunch of, you know, overweight spotty people sat on chairs, playing world of warcraft or whatever do you know what i mean like that kind of mm. south park image of it um but you know i i think it's getting there um we don't really have the government recognition that other countries have i mean you compare us to i mean the obvious comparison is denmark right like denmark have australis number one team in the world um and the reason why denmark have got so many good counter strike teams is because years ago when we're talking mid 2000s the government recognized that esports was a thing and they would give you localized government grants to start up esports companies you know if you wanted to be the um i think it was roskilde ravens or you know whatever um kind of localized teams they would give you grants in um you know a, a building and, and everything like that to operate out of i mean there was a load of press uh, just before christmas about the danish prime minister playing counter-strike with australis and stuff like that um here you go and talk to anyone in the government about east well not everybody some of them are a bit wiser to it than others but you talk to the majority of the government and they don't really understand esports for what it is um and li- i guess a bit naive and oblivious to the, the size of it um so yeah I, I think there's a lot of facets as to why we're a bit behind but you know we, we continuously are trying to bang that drum um and, and get it there to a point where we can be a big esports nation again because it's not always been that way when esports first started we were a very powerful esports nation you know we we had some of the best teams some of the best players and and arguably we still have the players the problem is is that because the infrastructure isn't there in the uk most of the best players end up going to north america or i think think the issue with that though is also we we used to be very good back in source 1.6 we're okay um and a lot of that's down to money, I think. Back then, people didn't expect to be paid for, it, for what they do. They don't expect to be have everything paid for them. Um, and so when it didn't come down to money, it came down to skill and who loves the game. And that was, you know, the UK was very high up in that. Nowadays, everyone expects everything to be paid for you. So it's kind of, is that money there? Only in a, in a couple of places it is. Um, and the infrastructure isn't there in general. And as Adam said about visas and stuff, I mean, we, we tried to get the best talent we could at the time. We got Impulse and AVN in from Serbia, who are great players. Um, and we had to let them go because we couldn't get visas for them because the government was behind. Um, 
there wasn't an esports body to allow us to get recognition for that. Um, that that's the issue with UK sports. I think it's generally down to a the cost of living is high, but and so people expect more money. Um, but I think it can be down to an ego thing as well. Uh, it's just but that's general culture. I, I think. Um, yeah. So why does it work so well in places like Korea and uh, you know Scandinavia? Well, another thing actually in Scandinavia, I'll answer, sorry, is, I mean, Adam said about the whole esports recognition in Denmark is great, but another thing that actually, when it comes down to monetary value, Denmark is super expensive, but mm. if you're a student in Denmark, you get paid to pay, to, to, to go to, to, to uh, study. In the UK, you have to pay, or it's kind of like the other way around. Uh, I think in, in, in Denmark, you almost get a full-time wage pretty much for just going to study, which means you can study, uh, you don't have to worry about money, and then you can game as much as you want because you don't have to worry about money on the side. Um, so that is why a lot of young talent is coming out of Denmark, in my opinion, as well, is because um, they never have to worry about money, really, until they get out of education. Um, and at that stage, they should be either a professional um, player or they need to go into their own you know, job. So I think that's a big part of it in, in, in Scandinavia. But mm. Okay. So you've recently picked up a Rocket League team. Um, we've had a few new games over the years, but are there any upcoming games that you guys want to explore, get into early? Um, we, yeah, I mean, we, we always keep our EU on the ground in terms of opportunities coming up. Um, you know, a great example of that is with Battalion. Um, you know, we won the majority of titles in Battalion last year with one lineup or another. Um, the guys that we have at the moment, you know, they're still kind of like the world's number one battalion team. But unfortunately, for one reason or another, that game's kind of like died down in terms of the community behind it and uh, certainly the esports support and events behind it. Um, but we have a great bunch of guys there that are really talented at FPS games and are great, you know, they're really good friends and have a great synergy together. Um, and so they're kind of sat there. I, I mean, I guess they're sat there waiting for Project A, right? You know, it's we're, we're, we're kind of always looking at what the next title may be to get into. Um, Project A right now is, is, is looking exciting in the, you know, I think a lot of people have seen the, the kind of hype that it's generating and some people have tried it and given their feedback on social media and, and whatever. Um, and, and so, yeah, we're, we're looking to that, but ultimately it's just it's it's just you know opportunities like that that we can get into we're, we're not kind of scared to explore new titles uh, and we're always open to it it's just you know does it make sense for us at the time um you know i think it's interesting to see where mobile esports is going to go um i think there's been a lot of uh, a lot of events for that and i and i think that it, that's an area that could grow in future and it's certainly one that we're keeping an eye on um so yeah there's we're not ruling out getting into any titles, but right now we don't really have a um, you know a finger on the pulse of any specific one. Yeah, I mean at the moment we've just picked up a load of teams. So as as we said earlier, or Adam said earlier, we don't want to get into a game half assed So no, yeah, we've got into these games. We now need to show the content, show the you know what we want to do with those games. And um, it doesn't mean we need can necessarily. A lot of people think, oh, we need to pick more, more, more teams up until we have a get team in every game we don't want to stretch ourselves too thin we want to make sure that the teams we have they're treated as family and they're like you know they're um and we can actually get what we want out of them in terms of content and grow they're growing their brands as long as growing out as well as growing our brands um games as adam said project a looks exciting i think um there are issues with that in terms of if it's riot and doing a franchise if they do then it'll probably say bye to us 
um, and maybe we look at a more content creation side of things for that game. Um, Diabolicum, what it's called, it sounds quite good. It looks quite good. Um, I don't know it. It looks like a decent, decent game. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, that's Wii that's Sports. Good. Wii Sports. Oh, Wii Sports. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think we're that Potential yeah. game. I'm just <laughs> okay, so let's go back to what more recent times. Um, Dreamhack coming up. You're practicing for it. How's it going? Oh yeah, we played our first game yesterday. Um, they, the practice for it was going went pretty well. We've the guys have been working super hard, which is really nice to see. Um, like really, really nice to see. The um, the effort they put in is like we can't fault it, which is can be hard to say for UK teams we've had in the past. Um, there are teams that have put the effort in, but there are definitely teams that haven't as well. Um, but these guys really are, and they're going for it. And we did a week long boot camp before um, DreamHack, which went well. They played a lot of qualifiers though. They played had a lot of officials to play, which is not a bad thing, but at the same time, um, if you really need to get your server worked down, then can be an issue. Um, unfortunately, the first game didn't go very well. They they just didn't play their own game. You could tell they were um, maybe it was the, the the occasion. Maybe it was the I'm not sure. But they, they they lost a few like fairly badly, and I think there was key points in that game where they'll be kicking themselves. Um, they got ecoed early on. They got ecoed early on, and they and they lost a two v five, which they should never lose. And it's just. Um, they they know that they we're not gonna it's not us telling them something they don't know. Um, they last night they went through all the went through a demo round by rounds, picked out all the mistakes, um, and then they started doing you know anti strike for Forza, which is pretty standard. Um, and they're ready for the game tonight. Best of three, they get more of a. It's a lit, luckily, it's not just two best of ones and you're done. It's the best of three. They got a good chance to show themselves, and hopefully they do. But... Oh, best of luck to them then. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you know Dreamhack at the moment with their performance yesterday, a lot of it does come down to experience and confidence. Um, you know, it was their first game together on a stage like that. Um, hopefully, uh, and I mean Furia, you know they're they're a great team. You know, we saw how they dismantled North after they beat us, and you know they're obviously there. Uh, they mean business. Um, so fingers crossed that we can put in a better performance against uh, Forza later today, and, um, and I'm fairly confident that we will do. Yeah, so am I. And I think the first thing they said to us straight away is they played scared, and you can see it. They played play, play scared. Um, I don't know why. And again, yeah, it's just down to the moment, I guess. But they've been working hard for it. Um, best of three, hopefully, will give them more time to really settle in and give it a proper go because they've been working super hard. I mean, Forza are 13 in the world, so it's a Stupidly hard match. Forza won the favourites as well. Um, but we'll see. Okay. So we had a Rocket League team a long time ago. Why have you gone back to Rocket League? Um, because of the game, like, in general. Like, I find that the Rocket League scene is, is really vibrant and really um, engaging. Um, the game is, you know, anyone can watch Rocket League, like we said earlier, and, and understand what's going on. Um, I personally love it. I mean, well, I hate it sometimes as a team owner, Rocket League, because it's one of these games where anything can happen at the flip of a coin. Um, I mean, I remember the previous team that we had. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in an RLCS qualifiers or something like that. We were, it was game five and the best of five, and we were three to up with 10 seconds left on the clock. And yet we somehow managed to lose the game and didn't make it. And so, as an owner, it's 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 what it's a real nail biting game to watch, but it's fun and exciting, and and the audience for it are great. 
Um, we know from when we were in G Finity Elite Series with a lock, uh, with a Rocket League uh, team that they were the fans that were kind of engaging the players. They were buying merchandise. They were, you know, really getting behind the team. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's something that we don't see in other games in the UK, um, you know, particularly like Counter-Strike. Um, there isn't really a domestic fan base for other UK Counter-Strike teams within the UK. Um, you know, we're working hard to do a lot more in terms of engaging the more casual players and, and the more casual uh, Counter-Strike fans, if you like. But ultimately, a lot of the kind of casual esports fans in the UK are supporting Astralis or FaZe or, you know, all these kind of tier one Counter-Strike teams. Um, so it's going to be harder to kind of get their attention whilst we're not at that, you know, at that level. Whereas with Rocket League, we kind of saw an opportunity to get in our LCS, which is the highest level of Rocket League around the world. And we wanted to, we wanted to take it. Um, and so far, you know, we're, we're really glad that we did the team that we've got are, are great they're, they're a good bunch of guys really kind of passionate about the game and uh, they've not had the easiest start to the season you know they played vitality with you know previous champions and second at the world championships uh, last time around they then played uh, barcelona um again a really strong team um but there are no easy games in rlcs and i think that they've won a lot of plaudits for their play style you know, it's kind of uh, it's a very aggressive play style, and I think people are starting to appreciate it. And we've got Monaco tomorrow, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, they so... play AS Monaco to, uh, tomorrow, who also came up from RLRS last season with us. Um, but they were a bit of a bogey team for us last season. I think they were the only team to kind of beat us, uh, kind of both legs of the league last season. And so um, it being it, it's, it's going to be a real interesting watch. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a great game, Rocket League, and it's 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 also an easier game to sell to um, sponsors, partners, you know, whoever, general public. Um, you know, you describe it as football with cars, and they're like, okay, yeah, I get the concept of it. And there's no kind of walk, you know, tiptoeing on, you know, a tightrope saying, oh, it's terrorists versus counter terrorists. Now you walk into some boardrooms and say that they'll just recline in horror and go, nah, uh, not touching it. Um, yeah. but, with, yeah. but, but with Rocket League, it's it's a much easier conversation for sure. It's a younger demographic as well. I mean, it's a young demographic in general for esports, but for Rocket League, it's you're talking there's a lot more 12, 13, 14 year old fans as well, um, which is good. Uh, it's good and bad in some ways, I guess. But um, I think the Counter Strike just touching back on um, why the fan base isn't there. I think the fan base is there, but as I say, I think you need a we need to get a team to tier one or tier two, to, uh, top twenty in the world. Yeah. And then I think you'll start seeing a lot of the UK fans really getting behind the team. Um, I feel like at the moment, a lot of people in the UK scene um, think that they should be playing on endpoint, for example. And there's not the biggest of gaps between a lot of people's levels like and and the top of the UK scene. And a lot of people think, uh, uh, why have they got the chance? I should be on this team. And they're not fans, they're... I would say a lot of people, I would say a lot of people potentially are jealous, I guess, or, or they should be... Um, or they're, they're aspiring to be an endpoint, which is a good thing, but they're more aspiring to be instead of, like, fans. Um, and that's why I think they need to have a team that's really at the top where um, there's such a gap that people become fans because, like, that's amazing. You, these guys are awesome um, and they're really pushing it on a global stage. And that's when you start getting the real, the real fans in the UK. And I think um, that's where we want to be, as simple as. Um, and I hope people will get there, but... 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's everything I had. Um, is there anything you guys want to talk about on the tail end of this? Um, I don't think so. I think I think one of the other things that we're trying to do this year is is grow. Is is really focus on um our fans and how we interact with fans. Like I say, we're working on a couple of things in the background in terms of how we can reward fans who are engaging with us and, and things like that, because it is really important for us to do that. Um, we're also trying to grow our local fan base. I mean, it's no secret that we're based in Sheffield, UK at the moment. Uh, we held a viewing party last night for DreamHack Anaheim in Sheffield. And, um, you know, we, we kind of want to give people the opportunity to come and cheer for us in person. Um, it's, it's probably not something that will isolate to Sheffield only because, you know, we you want to be up and down the country but um certainly as a as a base it made sense that that's the first place we start um but yeah so it's 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 really important to us that we uh do a better job at that because I, I, I don't think a lot of teams are at the moment yeah and ho- hopefully hopefully tonight you know second uh well the lower bracket of the groups for Blue hack open hopefully we can get some people behind us hopefully we can actually try and see if we can Stop trying to stop some of this UKCS meme and uh, we'll do it like perform on the big stage. Um, yeah. And again, tomorrow, uh, our Rocket League team is majority UK. You know, we've got um, or UK and Ireland. Um, and I think hopefully we can show up against AS Monaco and get a win on the board. That'd be good. How would um, you rate their start in the RSCS season? Well, I mean, we've gone 0 2, which is unfortunate. I think the, um, the game against Vitality could have gone either way. We, um, every game was within a goal, pretty much. Um, the game against Barcelona, we had such a close game one. We lost in overtime 4-3. And then I think, uh, you know, games two and three just kind of got away from us completely. Um, well, game three was quite close, but generally got away from us. And I think it was too much of an up- uphill struggle then. So I think we just need a better start, really. Um, you know, winning, winning yeah. the first game or, or whatever. Um, and stop coming from behind. Um, but I think we have a good chance going forwards. We played two of the hardest teams in the league. Um, I think that... As Adam said, there's no easy teams, but I think that um, we'll do fine this season if we if we keep our heads. And the guys seem to be keeping their heads at the moment, so they're great. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, as it, for these podcasts in general, we want to do more of them. Uh, this is podcast one, as it says on the title. Um, feel free to put suggestions on any podcasts you want. I think hopefully we'll get some with um, you know Avak Quake player, um, uh, some Rainbow Six girls. We'll get one battalion guys. Maybe we'll get some. Um, Trying to do one of the industry, you know, like uh, people who work in the industry, and there's a number of things we want to do. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, hopefully it's a good start. But um, we'll put this on YouTube as well. So if you missed some of the vod or it's all of the vod or whatever, yeah. Well, big thank you to our sponsors. Big thank you to Adam. Big thank you to Pete. 